Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Must See Matches. I am Kieran LaForge, joining me as always, the man behind Must See Matches, Mark Buckley. Mark, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Can't complain. Tremendous. I'm going to throw in the tagline because I wrote it down and then forgot to read it. The Essentials of Pro Wrestling as nominated by you. This week, it is the highest rated women's match uh, on our list. This is the 14th highest ranked match by our respondents. It stands alone in its own little bracket with 16.07% of nominations. And joining us to talk about it is Post Wrestling's Karen Peterson. Karen, how are you? I am absolutely wonderful, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on the show today. Ah, I'm sure this will be a tremendous hour of hilarity and discussion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I need to ask you the newbie question. How did you get into wrestling in the first place? Oh, in the first place, first yeah. place, it was back in 1999, and there was a little uh, a little pay-per-view from WWF called No Mercy involving a ladder match between oh. the Hardys and Edge and Christian. And I was 19 years old and in college, and I was like, who are these handsome men and what are they doing with a ladder? My friends are like, <laughs> come join us. And, I was, and ever since then, I've gone in waves of watching and not watching, depending on where I was career-wise or education-wise in my life. But I went when I went to Japan... I really didn't watch wrestling after I left the United States for, and then didn't really get back into it until 2012 casually. But then when NXT, I discovered what NXT was, mm-hmm. that's where the hooks got in me. And it started with like lots of NXT, my very first WrestleMania here in Orlando in 2017. And then it sounds like, have you ever heard of our Lord and Savior, Hiroshi Tanahashi? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> do tell me more. And, it, and I watched my first G1 and that was the end of it. I'm, that's why I'm here. Tremendous. Um, a little birdie told me, and if this was a lie, I might edit it out. Did you go to the build-up TV tapings for this match? This was... So this is August 22nd, 2015. Sorry, I should mention that. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I, I've done this show, intro completely in the wrong order. <laughs> it's it's perfectly fine. No, this was... At the time, I was watching NXT right. regularly. Okay. Even though I live in Orlando and like the PC is like 20 minutes from my house... I had no idea how to get tickets to go to the actual tapings at Full Sail. Right. I had I had been to a couple of handful of house shows up at, at that point between November of 2014 to that point in time. And I actually, my first meet and greet was with Bailey and Sasha. They mm-hmm. were the very first meet and greet I ever did. And Sasha had a little, instead of like signing her name, like all the other talent, she had a name stamp, like a self-inked name stamp. And she just ah. went around stamping her, her her uh, signature that's, and taking pictures. That's commitment to the gimmick. I it like was, that. It was, I, I was impressed. I was like, she knows who she wants to be when she yeah. grows up. Yeah. Or she's <laughs> had to do paperwork in Japan. Yeah. Well, that was in 2014. I don't think she was there just yet. No. Yet. no. <laughs> but um, no, I had watched it from the comfort of my couch on the network, which we no longer have here in the United States. We have Peacock. And gods yes. above, I miss the network. <laughs> So much, wow. so incredibly much. I, I am one of those that refuses to give that company any money anymore. So the network was gone from my house long ago. <laughs> well, mine's a uh, on a shared a, a yep. shared pro- a, a, a rental program with uh, a friend sure. of mine. Sure, sure, sure. Say no more. Say no more. Let's not get you in any trouble. Uh, let's move no, no. swiftly away, Mark. Uh, how many other nominations did these women get? You know what? That's actually the one thing that I've not done in my research notes. Oh my so. god. Which is the first first time I've actually not done that. God. Uh, Sasha Banks has two matches nominated. Both of them were in the top 104. Okay. Okay. So the match. What was the other one? The Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair match. Oh, I'd completely forgotten we did that. Yep. 
Oh, the, that was a the while Sasha ago. versus uh, Bianca WrestleMania main event. Yeah, was the other one that was nominated for Sasha and Bailey had one other match, which was also at the Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. It was Takeover Brooklyn two. It was Bailey versus Asuka. Ah, I was at that one. Ah, that was a good one. <laughs> so of the of the three. NXT women's matches that were nominated. We had Sasha versus Bailey, Asuka versus Bailey, and Asuka versus Ember Moon of all things. Would that be the 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 final one? Yeah, I think yeah. that was the final one. Yes, I remember. So there was one of one of the men's NXT matches we've covered. The the build for Asuka versus Ember is on that, and I remember mm. that build is fantastic. I was sort of disappointed we weren't also covering that match. Um, so this is the first takeover outside of Full Sail uh, the night before SummerSlam 2015 and although it probably smoked that show the only other thing I remember from it is Tyler Breeze versus Jushin Liger in his only ever WWE appearance Uh, actually I just remember something else this is the on-camera debut of Asuka as Kana still in the crowd she gets the oh look who's here this, this person who may soon sign with us is here in the crowd uh, it was already signed months ago, but it's just suspiciously yeah. right ringside. Yes. <laughs> uh, attendance is around 15,000, which is a tad up from the 400 all previous takeovers that done at full sale. Um, I want to start out with a bit of the elephant in the room, and that's the presentation of this match as one of the principal owners of WWE, Stephanie McMahon, presents the Divas Revolution. Because yeah. everything needs branding and nothing can happen organically in this company. And... I pressed play and that music started and that evil face came out and then that evil voice came over the microphone and I'd just forgotten that this was Steph's project. I don't know how anybody else feels about that, but it just feels so, to me, it feels so like pre-packaged and unorganic. Well, you know, she she was the one who created women's wrestling. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. It, for me, I had forgotten about that as well. And I put it on and I'm like, why is Steph in the ring? Mm. And then I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, that was a thing. She was trying to be all, yay, women, let's yes. go women. Mm. But it was her husband who was doing all of the work in NXT to promote women's wrestling at the time. Yes. My favorite bit is the quote about Triple H. Yes. He doesn't just put them in the main event. He said they are the main event. And they're in the semi-main event spot. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's a double main event. Yes. They don't have two rings going at the same time. So. Yeah. I had also forgotten how pervasive that horrible word Divas was. At this time, the main roster women's title is still the Divas Championship. Yeah. With Nikki Bella holding the belt. And that doesn't get retired for another eight months until until Lita unveils the new belt at WrestleMania the next year. Oh, it just sends a chill through, a shudder through me hearing Divas in 2023. Yeah, for me, it's one of those things where when I started watching wrestling in 1999, it was WWF and you had the Nitro Girls over on WCW. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, I, me, the English major with a women's studies mind, trying to you know navigate <laughs> professional wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, women's wrestling at the time was putting matches and I mean, bra and panties matches. Yeah. So. When the the divas like whole the, the divas arc of that started, that's when I was tapering off and going to Japan. So I yeah. missed. I know for a lot of people, the the term diva for that era of women's wrestling meant a lot to a lot of people. For mm. me, 
I missed it, so I didn't really understand it. Like Lita, like Lita and Trish, and their feud was around the time when I was getting ready to leave. Yeah. So I, when I came back into it, I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this, and yeah. Yeah, we're all very embarrassed, and we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's really horrible looking back at it it says something about the state of u.s uh and non-japanese women's wrestling that there were a hundred women's matches nominated for this project and only 16 of them took place outside of japan really yeah uh there was three from wwe three from nxt two from aew two from shimmer one from TNA, one from WCW that doesn't count because it was just Japanese women's wrestlers. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just picked up and placed it, just dropped yeah. in. The, yes. The three matches in the US that were nominated before this one mm. were not counting that aforementioned WCW uh, match, were Lita versus Trish from 2004 on the Raw, a, a raw, the raw one. Yeah. Amazing Kong versus Mischief from Shimmer in April 2007, and then Gail Kim versus Amazing Kong from Final Revolution, Final Resolution 2008. Yes. So that's how few women's mm. matches from the US are nominated. Yeah. And the fact that Sasha is basically in two in the two that made the list, I think, is really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, so the the time I just listened to those time periods while WWF was still still had divas doing bra and panties and 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 mud and pudding matches. Uh, Gail Kim and Amazing Kong were taking a division called the Knockouts and having actual good proper wrestling matches, and something they 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 don't get enough credit for, I think. I was in Japan from 2003 to 2008. So whenever I hear about Gail Kim and her matches, I'm absolutely gutted that I missed that time mm. in women's wrestling. Because for me, you know, back, that was back when the internet was still, you know, it was in its like fledgling stage, but mm. YouTube wasn't the uh, yeah. the platform it is now. You basically mm. you're going on there to find like really questionable content or, you know, questionably uploaded content. Yes. So, like, but wrestling wasn't a thing that was on there all that much. So... It, it's like I feel like I'm like I'm not that I missed out, but it's like I would I at some point would like to go back and watch those matches just because mm. they're they always receive such high praise as essential viewing. So the video package for this one is really good, I think. Except yeah. it sets up both characters really well. Bailey is the girl who is too nice and sees all her friends and contemporaries turn on her, defeat her, and then head off to the big time without her. Even Emma, the girl who did the weird dance, pins Bailey and leaves. Uh, and we see her climb back up the mountain. She beats them all in return and with only Sasha left and she's the champion. And for her part, we see how much Sasha looks down on Bailey. Mm. Um, like she doesn't see her close to her level. And we get a little peek towards the end that Bailey just might have some of the killer instinct that she needs and be more than just the nice girl. When Sasha dismisses her at the contract signing and walks away, Bailey snaps and attacks her in the aisle, which at that point was something very out of character for her. I think what's interesting is uh, I did a little research because uh, Sasha was the third NXT Women's Champion. So the first one was Paige. Bailey had two title shots against Paige and failed. Bailey had two title shots against the second champion, Charlotte, and failed. So she's also 
as well as this storyline, she's got this history that she's earned the opportunities, but she's never been able to make it happen on the big stage. Yes, there is. She has a line in it. She says, my mother keeps coming to all these championship matches to watch me lose. And this wants to be the one she wins. Yeah. Yeah. So the match itself, Bailey out first, of course, with the inflatable arm waving wacky tube men, uh, hugging fans, giving out snap bracelets. Uh, commentary also point out that she's wearing a Dusty Rose tribute polka dot headband and wrist wraps because he died two months earlier and he was one of her mentors in FCW and NXT. And they've boiled that man's entire legacy down to yellow dots on a black background. Uh, in contrast, Sasha comes out in a huge black SUV with four enormous security guards keeping her apart from the peons. And the detail I loved, she doesn't even get in the ring under her own power. Yeah. She has the two guys lift her up onto the apron and then she steps through the ropes. Very similar, I thought, to the steamboat flare dynamic we've discussed when we did those matches. The two completely different lifestyles and outlooks colliding. Yeah. Except uh, the benefit is that Bailey isn't overexposing uh, her promo ability. No, no. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat, terrible promo from what we've learned on this yes. podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Sasha starts out by just mocking Bailey's gear. Very simple and gets double legged for it. And then Bailey gets the better of this roll around brawl on the mat, coming out of it with a diving back elbow and a sliding lariat while Sasha's still seated. Uh, Banks reverses Bailey into the turnbuckles, rams her head into them three times, and each time Bailey comes back out yelling no and shaking her head. It's a little bit Ultimate Warrior, but I'll let it go. Uh, uh, and she manages to reverse it and gives Sasha the same treatment. She hangs Sasha up in the tree of woe and hits her bottom rope springboard elbow drop, which is a nice looking move that is shot like absolute shit on this show. Like Sasha's body is blocking the whole thing and you can't see what's happening, even on the replay. So from the very beginning, from the video package into the entrance, into the opening exchange, it's very clear who's the good guy, who's the heel. It's yes. very clear who the face is. And I love Sasha's dynamic-ish. I, mm. I think her character work is one of my favourite bits through the match, especially when the cracks start to show. Yes. Like, she starts off... Uh, I mean, when, when she gets booed from being for being from Boston when it's announced. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> for those, for, sorry, for those who don't know, like the rivalry between the New York, New Jersey area and yes. Massachusetts, it's very much a big thing. <laughs> I, I was born in New Jersey. My dad's from the Bronx. So mm -hmm. it's like we have our sports teams. Basically, all the New Jersey, New York sports mm -hmm. teams tend mm -hmm. to hate everything and everyone from Boston except for John Cena. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yes, the, the Brooklyn crowd was doing what New Yorkers yes. do best. And it was, you know, as it was the phrase, slag off on Boston. Yep, yep, yep. yep that'll do. Close <laughs> enough. Uh, yes. So, yeah. So she is initially booed there, but then she's cheered and d has to do quite a bit of work to get them back to mm. booing her, I think. There, there is that clear group that just really likes Sasha, whether it's yeah. the heel yeah. element it's, to it. yeah. It's one of those things like it's when you see quality, you can't help but root for it, even if you know they're supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, my only problem with the chanting for Sasha at that time was they were doing a Sasha is ratchet chant. Yes. And that's a very not nice way of yes. th like saying a person of color is not high class. Yes, yes. And being in a state like Florida where unfortunately racism is very much an issue, it mm. always kind of sat very sourly with me because mm. it isn't the kind of... I mean, you're supposed to be, you know, touting 
the wonderful things in women's wrestling kind of going going for that low-hanging fruit just never yeah it just it just doesn't really taste that good like it yeah. just lets a really sour I, taste in my mouth yeah i think in new york it's uh, this it's a people aping what they've heard on tv yeah and you notice they only do it once yes um because yeah, i'm sure people that were in the crowd with them said don't you do yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to say that yes. I, I mean we've come a long way from the ecw days yeah uh, yes but we're it's, still not there yet no and the other thing that i was going to mention about bailey's entrance was i really at the time didn't understand the importance of wearing white wrestling gear in a big match like 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 this one was for right. her like i like i think this her gear where because like she's always so colorful yes that and went, she's just white and gold here isn't just she? just white yeah. and gold with the yeah. one with the dusty headband yeah and i was like i don't know what she's doing with this new look of hers but whatever it is i love it and then my mm. one of my friends explained to me the importance of like when it comes to a big match you wear a big match white gear especially if it's usually it's for the heels in the match but in this case i was like this means something and it's it started my obsession with you know big match white gear and like if you listen to any of the podcasts I do, anytime someone wears white gear, I'm like, "Have you seen? They're all white gear." <laughs> I mean, half the car, half the card at Wrestle Kingdom was white gear, wasn't yes, it this year? Yes, it was, yeah. and I loved every moment. Of it. <laughs> so back in this match, uh, the champ tries a sneaky roll up, but Bailey kicks out and sends her out of the ring with a twisting lucha arm drag off the middle rope. Um, she gives chase with a diving drop kick under the turnbuckles, but on the way back in, Sasha cuts her off with a knee and lays her across the middle rope. So what I can only call her double knee drop thing across the corner. I have no idea what this is called. Um, Bailey avoids this though, fights off a superplex attempt, but gets her leg kicked out from under her and spills to the floor again. Um, Banks mocks Bailey's entrance pose and pummels her when she comes back in. I particularly like the spinning, whooping, waving arm slap that she gets. Yeah. Um, I also like the neck crank where she also wraps Bailey's top knot around her fist. There's no need to do it. It doesn't add any additional pressure or pain. It's just a mean thing to do. And again, the the submissions that she's applying, they're not like match-winning submissions, no. but they're also not rest holds. They're no. basically to further the... Sasha's just pushing it and just being nasty because she can and she... Yeah, it's, it's humiliation feels, tactics, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Bailey though, is not passive. When she can, she's swinging her hands to try and fight back and she's resisting being put in the holds. Uh, she tries to punch her way out of the corner but gets hung up uh, for the knee drop thing again. Uh, and this time, she pops up as Sasha jumps up, catches her on her shoulder in like the British Bulldog power slam position. Uh, Banks though shimmies free gets Bailey's head between her ankles and is able to drive her into the turnbuckles uh, Bailey gets draped over the top ropes instead of the middle this time and Sasha hits the knee drop which I'm going to be honest didn't look that great she kind of doesn't get up high enough and lands a bit softly mm. and I also think Bailey if I'm going to really nitpick Bailey sells the wrong impact she's selling the knees to the stomach where it should be selling the back because it's a higher fall than usual yeah Anyway, that's me being a nitpicker. Um, she kicks out the subsequent cover and retreats to a corner and Sasha stalks after her and everybody gets their cue to either turn up the ringside camera mics or shut up if they're a commentator so we can have the main event heel monologue. I hate this. And I've noticed how much NXT would do it over the years. It pops up more than you think. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And now, these days, it's spilled over into being the Roman monologue in whenever he bothers showing up for work. I actually 
liked it here, but also I watch WWE so rarely that it didn't actually twig for me and it didn't stick in my memory. It's, I think if it if it stuck, it probably would have irritated me, but it worked for me. It's because I don't think I can ever truly switch off video editor mode. Like I could hear the the raise in the the sound level as they turn up the ringside mic. Oh, and okay. it was very obvious when the, the commentators came to an end of a sentence and were, were going to shut up until whatever needed to be said had been said. Uh, anyway, Sasha berates Bailey, uh, but gets upkicked, tripped into the middle turnbuckle, and then tripped to the mat and just pounded. Banks puts on the brakes to avoid a Polish hammer, flings Bailey to the apron, and then just jerks her arm down over the middle rope to send her fully to the floor. As the crowd chant, This is wrestling. Uh, Sasha pulls the strapping off Bailey's injured hand. Was that an did Emma injure her hand? I think that was implied in the video. It I was a broken she, hand she, that knocked her out for a couple it. of months. Yeah. She, yeah. They had gotten in the middle of the match. She had like tweaked her hand and they yeah. taped it up. Um Sasha takes this hand. Uh <laughs> I like okay, firstly, I liked she roughly throws her into the ring and then back out again just to be a bitch. Not for any real reason, just to be evil. Uh, and then she smashes Bailey's hand on the steps, stuffs it into the gap between the steps and the LED board, and mm. kicks it. Big reaction, not all booze. What I just want to say is one of the things that's uh, during this whole like five-minute section, what I love is, is I'm watching Sasha, and I'm watching mm. because she is so good at showing where the facade starts to slip and where the mm. confidence starts to slip and where she gets a bit worried or she gets a bit annoyed. And there's a classic bit. It was during the the Japanese stranglehold after mm. the, uh, the neck crank submission. There was a point near the end where you can see Sasha like, oh shit, it's about to go wrong just before she reverses it mm-hmm. and flings uh, Bailey into the corner. And there was just so many moments just watch. I'm just watching this match and I'm just watching Sasha's facial reactions and her mm. work. Yes, some of it is um, a bit uh, amateur dramatics, a little, but I think she's I think she's fantastic in it. And honestly, it is one of the more engaging heel performances that I've enjoyed for a little while on this podcast. I don't know. It just speaks for me. Mm. I think a lot of the amateur dramatic stuff is a product of the environment. And you, I, I tend to, unless it's a proper egregious Johnny Gargano can't stand why his hands are so evil, I tend to kind of look past it in the same way as if I'm watching... So I love Hong Kong movies. If I'm watching a movie from Hong Kong, I know the comedy is going to be a bit broad and the acting is going to be a bit melodramatic in places. But that's not why I'm here. I think the other thing about it is with NXT and WWE in general is this the the talent are always trained to direct all their speaking and all of their actions towards one particular direction. Yes. So sometimes if they're going into a monologue, it comes off a little campy, a little bit like community theater almost. Mm. But for for Sasha in, the, in this particular moment, it's the you know the whole story was that Bailey's the one that gets gets left behind. Bailey's the one that gets left behind, mm. and for her, it's the while this match is going on, I think she also in the back of her head has times running out. This is start, going to start to be the end of my time in NXT. Mm. And it, it's, mm. it's that realization that it's 
the beginning of the end of that reign, not just her reign, but her time in the brand that's built her as a wrestler. I mean, the, the time up has started already. Like, she's on SummerSlam the next night, isn't she? And then yeah. the, um, the the trios match. But it's yeah. that, that feeling of finality, that it is yeah. the closure that's mm. starting to come at that very yes. moment. Yeah. Uh, so the ref is bent over in the ring to check on Bailey on the floor, and Sasha leaps over him with a flip tope that, I've got to say, Bailey catches really well. Yeah. Uh, in an era where people miss dives left, right, and centre. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Jeff Hardy completely missing a whisper in the wind off the top of a cage, despite two men being there to catch him. Uh, I thought this was a really good catch. Pressing her advantage, Banks tries a rope walk move but gets shoved off all the way to the floor. Uh, and then back inside, they trade strikes with Bailey only coming out on top once she starts using her offhand rather than her injured one. Mm. Three Polish hammers, shoulder in the corner, and a back elbow in the corner see her properly in control. And she hooks Sasha for that kind of all-Japan women's sort of half-suplex, half-slam, and then very pointedly spins 180 degrees so Sasha's bump is into the buckles rather than on the mat. Like, this is another, I think, example of the Bailey character turning up the killer instinct. Mm. I could give it to her the normal way, or I could make this really painful. Bailey tightens the top knot. Grabs Banks for the Bailey to Belly. Belly to Bailey always rolls off the tongue better. Uh, Sasha blocks it uh, and tries everything to escape. Bailey, though, keeps hold of the grip throughout. So when Banks spins around in it, she tries a German suplex. Uh, she gets a one count off an O'Connor roll before Sasha is able to break the grip in midair and essentially divorce court the injured arm slash hand mm. and goes straight into her submission finish, the Banks statement. The crowd goes nuts as Bailey is struggling for the ropes. She's crawling on her belly as Bank Banks pulls back on her chin. She reaches out the injured hand to grab the rope, and then Sasha just repeatedly and violently yeah. stamps Starts all over hard. it. It's so good, and I'd forgotten all about it. I jumped out of my seat. It's just the nastiest thing. But what's great about it is because of where Sasha is, she's just stomping. So it, it makes it even better that she doesn't catch the hand a lot because the yeah. whole point is it's the intent. It's yes. not what happens. It's the fact that she really yes, needs yes. to do this. And she, because of the way the bank statement works, she's pulling back. So she can't even see yeah. the hand for half of it. So it doesn't matter that they don't they don't all connect. You're yeah. right. It's The point is, it's just the evil nature of it. Bailey finally manages to touch the rope with her other hand, uh, but Sasha kicks off it and rolls them back. But in the middle of the roll, she loses her grip, and Bailey seizes the opportunity to put the hold on her instead. Yeah. The crowd somehow get even louder. In the great tradition of ending up in your own move, Sasha sells this like death. She is yeah. frantically <laughs> fighting and struggling and clawing to get out of this hold, eventually maneuvering around to get her foot on the ropes. Um, also, in the great tradition of putting on your opponent's hold, Bailey doesn't have it hooked properly because it's not one of her usual moves. Yeah. I love this whole, that whole sequence is fantastic. It's great. The, it gets the crowd going. It mm. sucks them into the finishing stretch. The yes. bit that I just want to come back to is I love that as soon as Bailey had her hands clasped, Sasha immediately dropped to that knee because she knew it was coming. Mm. And that for me is kind of one of the stories of the finishing stretch is Sasha will always find a way out if she has the time yes. with the Bailey to belly. So it's all about not giving her the time to counter. Speaking of which, uh, Banks is on her back holding the middle rope and Bailey grabs her feet, 
flips her up so she's standing and pulls her straight into the Bailey's belly. Yeah. The crowd are convinced this is it. Uh, but Sasha kicks out. This part of the match, it's the, you know, it's the culmination of Bailey's entire career in NXT. And it's the, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Is this the time? Is this the time? Is this the time? And, you know, the way the WWE sometimes does things where it's the, the you know, the babyface loses in their hometown. It, the, the audience, and I know from my perspective, it was like, after all this, after all this, they could, they could not possibly... Could yes. they? Could yeah. they? <laughs> so yeah, it's like that that particular point. I was, I was, I always get very emotional at this part of the match because I'm like, mm. no, I know what happens, but still, no. <laughs> I think Triple H in particular, when it comes to the booking of NXT, can be quite self aware and knows the responses he can get out of the hardcore crowd by doing this very thing like doing what is expected of wwe and then turning it on its head knowing you we're all sitting there going oh for god's sake they're gonna do it again they're gonna screw us and mm. and our favorite again and then pull the rug and that i think that's part of way what made this whole like golden era of nxt so fascinating like so captivating to watch because um, I hadn't watched it since time. I, I was watching this week to week at the time. Like this was one of my go-to weekly TV shows for for most of that. Probably up until almost like 2018, when I think the where, where the bloom kind of came off the rose a bit. Anyhow, Bailey drags Sasha up, sits her on the top rope, looking to hit Bailey's belly off the top uh, and finish her off properly. Sasha fights her off, uh, but Bailey hits a leaping forearm and climbs up, looking for a top rope Rana. Using only one arm because she's holding onto the rope with the other, Sasha flings her off and Bailey, Jesus Christ, Bailey under rotates and thankfully gets her hands down before hitting the mat with the side of her face. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I am currently watching 1995 ECW TV. This looks like the bump from the end of 94 they keep repeating that fractured two bones in Sabu's neck, only off the top rope, so even worse. Jesus. I had forgotten this happened, and I screamed on my first watch. Um, Bailey rolls back to a seated position, and Sasha catches her with what I called a solid meteora off the middle mm. for a near fall. I love that uh, Bailey's legs came up and Sasha immediately grabbed her into the clutch for the pin. Mm. It's so fluid. The other part I really loved, Sasha throwing a tantrum after yeah. the kickout where she's still half underneath Bailey. <laughs> Again, it's this tipping point where Sasha feels it slipping away. Yes. And it takes longer and longer for her to regain her composure or to yes. regain the facade. I think Sasha's in that moment of realising she's underestimated Bailey, but she's still the boss with a capital B, and mm. she will win. She's just going to have to kill her. Sasha puts Bailey on the top turnbuckle, climbs up behind her. Bailey's still alive, though, and fights back, and they struggle over positions with Bailey winning and hitting. As far as I could tell in my limited research, the first ever Avalanche Poison Rana in WWE broadcast history. Not the first on US TV because I found Rey Mysterio Jr. doing it to Silver King on a 97 or 98 episode of Nitro. Well, of course he did. Think, yes, <laughs> but I think it's a WWF slash WWE broadcast first. 
No wonder it's always in like all of their best of yeah. clips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember watching that. And I was like, holy cannoli, yeah. what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten <laughs> and none of the crowd saw it coming. They probably had no idea what, like, what is going yeah, on. Probably, <laughs> no, um, are they okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, was that was that one a botch too? <laughs> is it? It's really well done. As someone yeah. that loves Hiroshima and has seen way mm. too many Hiroshima reverse runners that look like absolute dog shit, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely... Absolutely fantastically done. <laughs> and I like I kind of like that Bailey has that kind of I don't have the energy, so I'm kind of gonna use gravity kind of slow yes, way yeah. of getting into it. Is yeah. just really works for her. So Bailey lost the polka dot headband long ago. The other the first of the wrist wraps was torn off when uh Sasha batted her hand on the outside. And here she defiantly tears off the last remaining polka dot wrist wrap. I don't know if it's intentional, but she's sort of symbolically shedding herself of the connection to the PC. She no longer needs her mentor. She tightens the hair. She hits the Bailey to belly, hooks both legs in the yeah. cover just to make sure, and the crowd explode when she wins the title. Honestly, I think they would have been happy either way, but I think they are happier because Bailey won. Yeah. Uh, and then quickly after the match, Charlotte, who doesn't yet have a surname, and Becky Lynch hit the ring to congratulate her. And Sasha also hugs her and they celebrate together as the four horsewomen of NXT. I'm going to go to our guest first. This finished very highly uh, up on our, uh, our nominations list. Uh, would you say it's a must-see match? And why do you think it finished so high in our in our poll? So this match was in 2015, yeah? We're in 2024. Watching this match back for preparation for this, I cried. I cried just as much as I did the first time <laughs> I watched it. So for me, wrestling isn't about, just about the, re the the physical engagement between mm. the competitors, but what it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who was regularly you know, carving out, sorry, guys, Wednesday nights, it's drinks in NXT. I'm at home. I'm on the couch. <laughs> leave me alone. Don't bother me. That's my time for me. Mm -hmm. It was very much the... I remembered what it, how I felt when I was watching that match back then, and to, and thinking about how far they've come along since then, it, it just it just brought all of that feeling back as to why I loved that era of NXT so much. Mm. Because I mean, not that the women don't feel like a big deal now, but there was just something very very special in that that time period that those women were in there. Mm. I think that might was that partially also because they were sort of new talent as well. Like it wasn't. That these were new, new good wrestlers breaking through. I think it was more of the they were bringing in people into the PC, and it did you know for several years after that with like Oscar and Io and Kyrie and all that. Yeah, but that was at the height of NXT bringing in wrestlers within, like not just being trained in the PC, but that had some foundation on the independent scene as yes. well. Yeah, so it was it wasn't just about them, you know, strutting around and looking pretty. They could wrestle. Yeah, so it, it made. It appealed to fans like me or to, you know, Bailey's big demographic, which was young girls who wanted to mm. be able to be like, yes, we're allowed to play sports, too. We're welcome in this space, too. So it, it's yeah, it's just this. I could understand why it was not just because of how it made me feel, the storytelling, the wrestling, but it was also the payoff because mm. I was so invested after watching <laughs> Bailey lose time after time after time. I'm like, sure can't surely they can't please let me have this <laughs> it was and it also you know it said a lot to bailey you know being left behind as the one that the company and triple h trusted to shoulder 
the new talent that was coming mm-hmm. to NXT that they were comfortable enough to take Sasha away. They were comfortable enough to take Charlotte and Becky away. And that just, it spoke volumes about her, not just her popularity, but her ability to carry the brand by herself mm. as champion moving forward. Mm. Mark, how do you feel about this one? I'm going to be honest, the, on my first notes watch, I have seen this before, but on mm. my first watch before my notes watch, I was punching the air for the finish. <laughs> I really got into this. And I say that as someone that is not a massive uh, NXT fan, uh, that it, I like a lot of uh, Sasha Banks' stuff, and I think mm. she's the... She's the US women's wrestler that I would go out of my way to watch more than any other, probably. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'm not a massive fan of either of these wrestlers. But the way they told this story, the everything about it, it clicked and it just felt like the perfect capping point for this title reign, the perfect way to finally give Bailey her moment. Um, and as I say, Sasha Banks and her storytelling and character work and facial expressions, absolutely fantastic. I loved her throughout this match because she did a great job of... It really felt like someone feeling it slip away. Mm -hmm. It felt and like having to constantly put the poker face back on, get back into that zone and doing it time after time and Mm -hmm. Bailey just wore her down. Uh, the crowd being so hot and so into these near falls, great. Mm. I think the way they structured the near falls, great. Uh, there's lots of little moments here. Is this maybe one of those like Steamboat Savage matches where they did a lot of prepping and planning? Mm. I kind of think it is because like towards the finish, you could hear the the referee, and I don't know if it was Sasha or Bailey, but you can hear them basically saying, yep, we're going for the finish. Are you ready? Yep. So sure. there, there's that element there. Still but quieter than the guys in the TLC match we did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Go>! yeah. <laughs> Rhino! Rhino! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, but despite that, I think this is fantastic. And it just, it's what, 18 minutes? Mm. And it doesn't feel too long. Mm. It doesn't feel too short. It feels earned. Everything hangs together. And, uh, I mean, one of the things that Karen said about the whole Bailey appealing to, to young girls and that engagement, and I love that NXT actually had a character like that. And mm. wrestling is a, a women's wrestling is at a stage where you can have characters like that. Because I know someone, uh, their granddaughter is going to have like a big, uh, a big teenage, uh, anniversary type birthday and they're going to barcelona specifically to see the barcelona women's team play soccer right and i love i the... want to go can i go <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing <laughs> i i mean barcelona to the uk is a little cheaper than barcelona to florida unfortunately yeah, <laughs> um, yeah i know <laughs> uh, but i think bailey captured that kind of role mm. model element to it and think about how often wwe and wrestling tries that character and it fails because it feels too forced because it it feels too corny yeah like going the wrong way she's female eugene yeah uh like this simplistic almost childlike character which i think she sort of reverted to a little bit once she hit the main roster to start with uh but 
yeah, they constantly have were year for years and years and years and years were had women to appeal to the men, not realizing they could also have female characters to appeal to women and girls. Mm. They forget who does the actual shopping in the houses. They may talk about the male <laughs> eighteen to forty nine demographic, but it's the wives with the with the checkbooks, gentlemen. That's where the that's where the spend comes from. <laughs> I would say. This is must-see because mm -hmm. I can't think of a, a U.S. women's match that I prefer to this. I'm going to get all the stuff I don't like out of the way first. For what it's worth, I've always hated the Four Horsewomen group hug. It, that's a backstage thing, not an on-camera thing. Like, those characters don't fit together anymore, and it's a bit normalization of the curtain call. If it's all fake, why am I invested? I hate the stephification of the whole period, this whole period of WWE women's yeah. wrestling. It had to be assigned to her. She had to appear to be the puppet master. I just remembering her appearing in segments with them, and they're all her little toys. As she's what is she like five nine and on four inch heels, towering above all these five foot four inch women in their wrestling gear. About a month before this, remember, like Sasha and uh, Becky and Charlotte all appeared on the same show. And it was all because it was uh, Stephanie yes. causing it. it yeah. They they didn't have their own momentum. It's because Stephanie decided. Yes, it, it, and that takes away some of their merit as performers. They should be there because they've earned the spot, not because they have been dragged out by mum. Like, They're women. Exactly. They have to show off the women. <laughs> I cannot tell if that's a Steph or a Triple H impression. It's a little bit of both, but it's very congested. <laughs> so... <laughs> S-T-E-P-H-H-H. -H -H. Um, with the exception of the knee drop thing not looking good and Bailey almost dying on the Hurricane Rana, I have only one nitpicking complaint with the match. The flip toe pay spot was given to the wrong person. There's no need for Sasha to do that. She's just showing off. That should have gone to Bailey as the underdog, so determined to get to the heel and win that she jumps over the ref who's trying to hold her back to attack Sasha. The rest of this is superb bailey runs the risk of finishing up second place here even though she won because sasha is magnetic like yeah. she looks like a star in all possible ways tremendous work great gear like 100 commitment to the character uh she is tiny but projects that boss character beyond the back row and out onto the concourse um she is in this match she is everything that she and other people have claimed she is and i was shocked at how how much of a star i saw in her watching mm. this match again i've only seen one of her post wwe matches but i think was there was there a three-way on last year's wrestle kingdom no uh or was she it came she the, came out after a singles match at wrestle kingdom that's what you're getting confused with yeah but there was a three-way across that it, weekend wasn't there I, no, it was a it was a little later. It was I think it was Sakura Genesis against Hazuki ah, right. and Azumi, but that was several yes. months down the road. That's the one I'm thinking of. That's the only one of her post WWE matches I've seen. Watching this match again got me excited for the return of Mercedes Monet, and I want to see what she's going to do wherever she turns up. They wrestle with a purpose and intensity that is missing from so much of Western women's wrestling today. They feel like professional athletes and professional fighters. I've sort of picked on it a little bit the last couple of weeks on Twitter. On AEW, I've noticed that Anna Jay has the silliest run. 
She has her arms straight down at her sides, her feet going like it's river dance. And neither of these women move like that. Anna Jay moves like a dancer who has moved into wrestling. These two feel like they were born to be wrestlers. They have purpose and determination. I think we might have covered better women's matches in the classic Joshi stuff we've covered. Yep. But I think this ranks so highly because it is a solid match. The characters are what are connecting with people. Um, and it's the culmination of the underdog baby face finally gets the win over the big heel story. Um, Karen mentioned crying uh, watching this again. Uh, I was going to keep this to myself. I did not cry, but I did get emotional as soon as Bailey's music hit, and I didn't know why. Your eyeballs just, just a little bit, just a little glisten. Uh, there was a weird, <laughs> there was a weird lump in my throat, and I didn't know why because I'm so now disconnected from this period. Like something must have like fired up in my brain and made me remember it. Um, the the other thing I'll say about why I think this one was probably the highest rated is. It's probably the easiest for people to find. It's it, probably that, yes, that yes. women's match that a lot of people have seen that stands out. It, it, it's the Western eyeballs factor, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I am with you. Must see. Yes. Uh, this is two very talented women being given the spotlight on a big stage, grabbing the opportunity with both hands. Um, I would only say just start the recap video and then stop before Becky and Charlotte appear on your screen and it's perfect. See, my problem with the curtain call at the end of it is that I, I actually, as a, I, I'm very much a, a four horse woman girl. I, I mm. followed their careers. I sure. loved it that era. It was the camera work done to get to them into the ring. Like it was, they were at, they were like, they're showing the replay, but then it was, it just felt like you don't see. It felt like, like they were hiding them. And yeah. then they appeared, and it felt like it was going to be a sneak attack. I was like, "Was it? Were they under the ring? Where were like? I wanted them to come like barreling down the runway <laughs> or diving over a barrier. Like, I wanted to see them like just like like dog pile onto the, <laughs> the ring. But all of a sudden, it was like all of a sudden, it was like cut away. They're there, and I'm like, "Where did they come from?" <laughs> my my only problem with it was, as I said, the four the four horsewomen was was never a TV thing. Yeah. It was, you know, it was the click spilling onto TV as it had done in 96 or whatever. Um, like, I get that they are happy for their friend and they want to celebrate with her. Absolutely. Um, this uh, four and a half stars in Wrestling Observer currently sits at 9.35 on Cage Match. Uh, voted the best match on the show by Observer readers over the Finn Balor... Um, Kevin Owens. And he said Chase Owens. Jesus Christ, he's not coming on this show. Uh, ladder Match. Uh, by 182 votes to just 19. The the other thing with the cage match uh, ranks, mm -hmm. it's the highest ranked women's match in WWE on cage match. Wow. Uh, and the next highest is the rematch between these two in October 2015. Oh, uh, the Iron, an Iron, Iron Woman match. match. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that's also a very and, good one. Yeah. So, uh, th so this one was 26th highest. The Iron Woman match was 56th. You have to go as low as 81st to get a WWE match that's not got Sasha Banks in it or wow. Bailey in it, and that's Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley from this Mania past. Mm. This came third in the Observer Match of the Year voting. Sasha versus Bailey came second in Feud of the Year and was actually the top pro wrestling feud as number one was Conor McGregor being a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> Bailey was voted most improved of 2015 while Sasha was third. 
Sasha came fourth in most underrated and eighth in wrestler of the year. The only woman to crack the top 10. Karen, is there anything we've missed? Uh, anything you'd like to correct us on? Uh, Absolutely not. I mean, this, this is the reason why, like, when I was given the option of this versus the, am I allowed to mention the other option I was given for, to be on your show with? Oh uh, yeah, you can, you can. Uh, that was last week's. Yeah, it was either this one or Okada versus Omega. And I was, as much as I love Okada versus Omega, I was like, this match for me is kind of where what led to me getting to where I am now sure. doing mm. wrestling content creation, working at post, doing things with PW. This is like this, like this, that era of NXT got their hooks in me and being like, mm. I think I want to cover women's wrestling. I think I want to focus on women's wrestling. And that's why it just, I, I love that I was given the op opportunity to talk about something that, I mean, I love Japan, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but something that's like in my wheelhouse, but also very near and dear to my heart. So mm -hmm. thank you for allowing me to come on the show for this one. <laughs> oh, of course. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been wonderful to talk to you about this match. Uh, the floor is now yours to plug anything you want to plug. Tell people where you uh, can be found on the internet if you want to be found, all of that kind of thing. You can follow me on Twitter at HeyKarenSensei. I also do coverage for postwrestling.com. I have a monthly column called Dream Slam Monthly, where I recap an entire month of what's going on in the Japanese women's wrestling scene, as well as uh, talents that are working international dates and st all that good stuff. Uh, I also do, I am the co-host of Post Pro Res the WH Park. Our next episode is going to drop on February 2nd, which is the first Friday in February. Dream Slam Monthly is the last Saturday of each month. And for New Japan coverage, if you follow the New Beginning Tour, my pal Bruce Lord and I will be doing all three shows, or sorry, four shows, but on the 20th of January, which is already passed, the 11th of February, and the 24th will be a double header for the weekend in Sapporo. But yeah, that's me. Tremendous stuff. As for us, you can go to linktr.ee slash mustymatches for all the way subscribe, links to the full list of nominations and much more. We are at Musty Matches on Twitter, Instagram, Threads and Blue Sky. And we have a Discord, bit.ly slash mustymatches Discord. I am at Kieran Edits on Twitter and Mark is... Monkey underscore buckles. I also have another show. Nothing and Like It chronicles the UK's Frontier Wrestling Alliance's adventures on television, including the stuff I made. Uh, you can find everything to do with that at linktr.ee slash fwapod. Episode four, I think, is either will either be out or is coming out very soon. Next week, a new bracket, the not quite 17 percenters, and we will be welcoming back Patrick W. Reed to talk about the Katsuyura Shibata versus Tomohiro Ishii match from the G1 on August the 4th, 2013. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.